With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, SimulTV.com, SimulTV.com. What's SimulTV.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean SimulTV.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a SimulTV.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about SimulTV.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. Roswell in the 21st Century is a detailed re-examination of the Roswell UFO crash case. I have studied the evidence for more than 30 years, and I now put that evidence under a microscope in a cold case examination of the facts. These facts might not please everyone. They are based on my comprehensive investigation that took years to complete, but they do lead to the conclusion that whatever fell was not built on Earth. The best of Project Blue Book is based on the 22-year-long investigation conducted by the Air Force. But the book goes far beyond that, bringing in evidence that was uncovered long after Project Blue Book was ordered terminated. Using facts that were unavailable to the Air Force investigators, I was able to prove that the Air Force manipulated the data and drew unrealistic conclusions about the UFO sightings reported to them. My different perspective shows there was more to Project Blue Book than even the Air Force knew. Both books are available at Amazon.com. Join Patty Conklin and Healing Within Radio each week. More than entertainment, Healing Within offers educational, useful tools for everyday life. Listen for help overcoming fear, anxiety, and depression. Patty knows about eliminating cancer, MS, dementia, Parkinson's, and a host of illnesses that we face every day. Life can be good. Life is good. All you need are simple tools to start changing your life. Start right now by visiting pattyconklin.com, P-A-T-T-I-C-O-N-K-L-I-N. No matter where you are in the world, you can work with Patty through Skype, phone, or in person, visiting one of her retreats in Georgia. Visit pattyconklin.com today or call our offices at 404 474 0086. That's pattyconklin.com or call 404-474-0086. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. 
For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, and welcome to the show. To you loyal fans, and that means you, Betty. And for those of you who are new to the show, uh, let me know what you think. Today we talk about the virus, psychotherapy, and coincidences. I encourage you to tell your stories to your friends, your family, and to post them on your social media. Remember to remember your stories, and after you talk about the weather, tell a coincidence story. And here's one from about one of my psychotherapy patients and me that happened just recently. A few years ago, as she was leaving our our relationship, one of my patients gave me a lovely little flowering plant. Now, two years after we said our cheerful goodbye, the plant has grown big and strong. Like her, I hoped. Three days ago, I snapped a photo and sent it to her to see how she was doing. She replied, well, I just finished reading a book on forgiveness, which includes a worksheet that you can do and it talked about how some people experienced people reaching out to them as soon as they finished the worksheet because their energy has changed and guess what as soon as i finished the worksheet and looked at my phone i had a text from you coincidence it's the timing that was so amazing right when i texted her she'd finished the worksheet Okay, so then I emailed our guest today, Helen Marlowe, told her this story, and then she sent me a photo of two new beautiful plants in her garden that she had just started working with. A coincidence around plants. What did it mean? Well, Helen and I thought maybe we are planters, and together we are planting coronavirus coincidence seeds in your minds, our dear listeners, in your minds. Tell each other your coronavirus coincidence stories because they're happening now. Helen Marlowe, PhD, is a clinical psychologist, analyst, member of the Carl Jung Institute of San Francisco, and professor of clinical psychology. She chairs the Department of Clinical Psychology at the Notre Dame de, de Namur University and maintains a private practice in San Mateo, California. She serves as the review editor for Young Journal, Culture and Psyche. Her publications include Synchronicity and Psychotherapy, Unconscious Communication in the Psychotherapeutic Relationship. Her forthcoming book co-edited The Spiritual Psyche in Psychotherapy, Mysticism, Intersubjectivity, and Psychoanalysis. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Welcome back. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Well, it's been great having these contacts with you over the last last week or so. Now, today, you, you, the title for our talk today is Corona Coincidences, Beckoning, Reflection, Hope, Faith, and Action. What are you hoping to convey to our audience with that? Great question. Uh, perhaps, perhaps some hope. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, darkness right now. People are really trying to figure out what is happening in our collective and what is happening to their personal lives. And um, it seems to me that the coincidences provide nature's way of providing us some guidance and some a path forward in, in a time that feels very chaotic. 
for people and scary. And what, what do you, how do you think the virus and the pandemic, its pandemic has influenced the frequency and kind of coincidences people might be feeling? That's a good question. You know, um, I, I wonder, it's, it's a great question. I, I wonder if that always begs the question of are there more happening or are we noticing them more because we are in more reflective space and we're allowing space for them to unfold. Um, I would say probably it's both, that, that there are some unique things that the virus has, has is reflecting in our psyches and in society, and it's causing us to have to reflect more, and they're kind of self-propagating, too. So I would say it's, it's probably both that we're noticing it more and that there's more reasons for it to be happening. Yeah, and that's a, it's curious because one of the variables in having coincidences from what I've been able to do looking at so many stories, is that you got to be moving around to make coincidences happen. you got to be go here or go there. Uh, and it depends on how rich the environment is with symbols that you can match what's in your head with what's outside of you. But a lot of, time, a lot of people now are stuck at home, uh, and they're not running around out in the world uh, experiencing intersections with uh, lots of different events. So how could the frequency be going up with people moving around less? That's a great question. Um, you know, I guess one of the thoughts I have is, you know, we have all been using the term social distancing um, right now. And it made me, I played around a little bit with this and it made me think about how the social can be distancing from our psyche. And so I think sometimes this this period of, of being able to be at home um, is, is encouraging all of us to be reflective more of what is around us, what is in the here and now the symbols that are keeping us alive in this moment and not to be distanced by other things. Oh, that's great. That's a, that's a great answer to that. Uh, um, hadn't thought of it quite that way. Uh, I tend to be self-reflective a lot, so I don't see the difference. And I think I, that's, that's a clear, clear way of understanding this. Now you've had a, you've had some, um, some synchronicities with some of your patients uh, during this this time that are directly related to what's going on now. Could you tell us some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, a woman that I worked with, she is uh, she is a CEO of her family company now, and uh, uh, she's always wanted to uh, work from a distance and uh, the family company is a couple of hours away. It's been quite stressful for her to be maintaining this pace. And um, for many years she's been, she's been doing this. And uh, she began to develop some, some health problems and it was very hard for her to listen to them. And um, these health problems landed her in the hospital about a year ago and um, more likely um, the result of you know uh, some un, you know some unknown virus basically, and when COVID nineteen hit, um, you know she she had she could no longer work from a distance. She was at home, which is what she has been wanting to do for so long. Um, she would often complain to me um, before COVID nineteen about not having any space to breathe. And um, when COVID nineteen not having not having the space to breathe 
Yes. And yes. I, I want to be clear so that I want to bet that she wanted to work at a distance but couldn't because her job required her to be there. And then the virus now had required her to stay at home, which is what she wanted to work from home. Exactly. Exactly. And 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 and, you know, there's a lot of debate about how much she had to actually be at work or not. But her own psyche wouldn't allow her uh, to do that. She felt very much as. Um, the one that took over the company, she had to do exactly like her father did to prove her, her worth and to prove her capability. Which so, meant going going to work for a two-hour drive every day. Exactly. And, um, you know, I would work with her on that, you know, psychologically and the things underlying that. Um, but it was hard to make dents in that. And then, uh, you know, she had this health, um, this health issue last year and... Um, then had to stay at home for a couple of brief months and then went back to her old patterns and um, would complain again about like not being able to breathe. So when COVID-19 came along. And what, was, what, what did not being able to breathe mean? It meant she had no space for herself. She had no time basically to connect with her. You know, we talked about reflection and introspection. She didn't feel like she ever had a chance to think about what was happening in her life. She didn't have a chance to to spend time on the things that really mattered for her. She didn't have time for her own psychological care, her own spiritual self-care, um, to be connected more deeply with people in her life that matter. She felt like she was always running from one thing to the next. So she literally did not have trouble breathing. This was a metaphor for her. Correct, correct. Right. But that's, that was her metaphor. She emphasized, I have no space to breathe for the reasons you have just outlined. Yes, and we use that metaphor a lot. A lot. A lot. And then she had this health issue last year, and it had an impact on her respiration and um, her cardiac health. Um, I linked those two together at the time. And then fast forward to now, and we have COVID-19, where it's a disease where people um, you know, are impacted by, by breathing and all the scary early memories of COVID-19 images of COVID-19 engendered a lot of memories for her of um, a previous trauma growing up where she, you know, had suffered quite a bit at the hands of her very authoritarian and abusive father. And so when she would, um, you know, be scared of his rages, she recalled very much about holding her breath and had a lot of memories of not being able to breathe as a child. So when COVID-19 hit, she came in one, you know, the first week of it in a very post-traumatic way. I, I shouldn't say she came in. We did it virtually, of course. Um, but she she attended the session in that way and was in a very post-traumatic kind of state of, of very tra traumatized memories, very dissociated um, with fears of I can't breathe. And, and, and we'll get near the end of this segment, but I have a patient too who had whose father died because the patient had to suffocate him, um, allow him to stop, pull out the breathing machine. Uh, you're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. We're talking with Helen Marlowe.
Are you looking for psychic services that empower as well as provide accurate information? Jenny is a third generation psychic with extensive esoteric training. A practicing professional intuitive for over 30 years, her accuracy is astounding. While most psychics can read what will happen to you if you don't change directions, Jenny understands the future is subjective. While there is a river of time we all traverse, that river has many waves, eddies, currents, and tributaries from which to choose. With Jen E as your guide, you can explore the many possible outcomes in the river of time and navigate your course to the one of your liking. Take control of your future. Book your life-changing session with Jenny today at www.gen-e.net. That's www.gen-e.net. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. Yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality is formulated from zoolite whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she had been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Back. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're speaking with Helen Marlowe, the author of Synchronicity and Psychotherapy, Unconscious Communication in the Psychotherapeutic Relationship. And we're talking about a, a very important phrase that involved not only one of her patients, but one of mine, uh, a, a man who's had to help his father die because his father was asking for it because his lungs weren't working anymore and he, he sat there while his father suffocated and now with the virus and its attacks on uh, breathing in in many people uh, he now is also afraid the hands of the police officer uh, the 
when I came, when I saw her the following week, she was back in a post-traumatic straight state again around that. I was able to quickly help her get underneath that, and she, she was able to kind of pull out of that and piece all of it together. Um, but lo and behold, the other coincidence on top of that was, um, was that she was having a very severe uh, sort of panic attack and traumatic flashback around all that. And it um, not only was COVID-19 and George Floyd's uh, death, but it happened to be the anniversary of when she was hospitalized a year ago for this very unusual disease um, that had affected her, her cardiac and health and her breathing. So it all kind of converged around that. So she, she, this was an anniversary reaction. Yes. Also, and did that pericarditis also, which I think you mentioned was also part of, was part of why she was hospitalized. Did that involve not being able to breathe as well? Correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, please get closer to your microphone. Oh yes, um, correct. Um, the 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 coincidence of. Uh, George Floyd, I can't breathe, and so many other black men have been murdered this way by police. It's not just George Floyd. It's been numerous times this has happened. And that that archetype now in our society, um, reverberating with the experience of your patient and my ex-patient, I don't know how it's a George Floyd experience has affected him, but there may, must be many other people out there who are reverberating with that, um, that I can't breathe uh, t-shirt that people are wearing, as well as the image in newspapers uh, of I can't breathe. What do you make out of this I can't breathe um, thing happening so much now? Yeah, well, I, I, I think that's it's a great question. And, you know, I'm thinking a little of um, some of what's written, including by you, around these ideas that, um, that, 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 that the material drive, the economic drive, has gotten to be such a necessity for many of us um, because standards of living have become so, so challenging and become kind of a... a a way that people are channeling a lot of greed and a, a thirst for more and more and more. And it, it feels a little untenable. Um, it feels, um, you know, I think I even wrote to you right after COVID-19 broke and I read, read your um, Psychology Today post. And it it feels that, you know, there's such, um, such a pressure on people to make a living and to uh, keep getting more and more and more that I think this idea that we are all resonating with, I can't breathe, it was kind of about a center that can't can't keep holding. Um, that you know, this is we have needed the markets to get a little more depressed. We have needed things to start um, evening out. Um, there's been such excess around that that I wonder about this time of forced being at home and slowing down and and um, maybe being able to have a little more time to reflect and to connect um, with those that matter. And to breathe, uh, and that's that in the metaphor to have room to be able to think. Bre breathe um, it has a, a lot of meaning, uh, culturally and um, and archetypally, because um, br the breath uh, also means spirit. Breath, breath, and spirit are very much connected in many different languages, um, including. Um, 
in, in Hebrew and in Greek and in Latin um, and uh, in, in Hindu languages as well. Uh, and that, so spirit and breath are thought of as one thing. Uh, how do you put that idea together? Uh, I'm asking you, I want to get our audience to know that you are, um, uh, you are a contributor, reviews actor, ed editor for the Jung journal Culture and Psyche, and that's just what I'm trying to be able to talk about, the relationship between mind, and individual mind, and cultural mind as it comes to spiritual, spirit and breath, and I can't breathe. Yes. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a good question, and I'm thinking a little bit right now when you ask that question about even the fact that we call it coronavirus, and what does corona mean? And, you know, corona is talking about the skull, a top part of something, um, and I was thinking a lot about this idea of our minds being in connection now, um, especially at a time where we are not as physically connected, and that sort of shared mind, that sh shared consciousness, in that shared mind space, you know, the space that you, you outlined the coincidence that happened between us with the plant even on the day we were going back and forth with plans for today's show. Um, you know, there is a thought of, of the, the different, that we all have a certain spiritual nature, that there is a certain inherent spirit in all of us. Um, those are the things that, you know, have gotten tragically lost in some of these murders, like you say, of, of George Floyd and so many other um, African-American men, um, it seems like there is a way that this pandemic is reminding us all about that shared spiritual nature and the very important um, task of connecting with spirit, that that matters as much as um, other concrete physical things that, that yeah. spiritual dimension. Yeah. It's almost like I can't spirit as well as I can't breathe. Uh, I'm, my spirit is being choked off, choked off. Now let's let's go let's go let's go to our to our plant our plant uh, coincidence yours and mine and my patients too because uh, I just had the, and go through it a little bit because I want to talk about how you and I might think that happened because this happens more often than people allow them to consider, I am pretty sure. It's just that we don't have a way to categorize them. But here, you and I, uh, we've known each other uh, kind of over the internet mostly and through writing because um, I, I think I wrote a, uh, I think I wrote a review of a book, or and my book was reviewed in your um, your section of spirit and, of culture and psyche, and we've talked before, and we have mutual interests, but this time something different happened. Uh, uh, you had a great response, I thought, to my uh, Psychology Today blog about the coronavirus and its meaning to people, uh, and if anybody wants to see it, just go to uh, the Connecting with Coincidence psychology blog post of mine, and you, you'll find it. It's, but what, what I want to talk about is what happened with you and me here, with this kind of background of, of beginning connections with us, that I went, I had this feeling, and I, this is what's important about creating coincidences sometimes, of connecting with this ex-patient of mine, because I saw how well my plant was doing that she had given me, and I wondered how she was doing, so I took a picture of it and sent her, and then that hit her right at the end of her worksheet about forgiveness, and she just was loved that, and then you um, were at that 
right around that time were planting your herb garden and sent me a picture of what you were planting. So what was going on there between you and me, Helen? I, I think that's a great question. Um, well, um, you know, it's interesting because I, I'm, I'm not a gardener. I have Our house has been under construction for like three years, and I haven't been really outside playing with anything in the garden or doing anything like that. And um, I'm thinking that in the morning, I recall wanting to write some things up in preparation of today's um, interview. And I had promised my son that we would um, work on this garden together. And so I was mindful of, let me get that into you. And then I, I, I want to make sure that I have that space and you know, be present for him. He, he loves that kind of stuff. And so it was a first for us to do that. Um, I, I, I say all that by way of you were tending to a patient. You were following up in what sounds like a very, very connected way. Um, you know, how nice to follow up with a former patient and just check in with them. Um, I was following up with tending to my son and, and being with him. I feel like there's a way that these things express um, that they that they that they express um, you you are living you were living spirit in that way with your patient and I felt I was doing the same thing with my my son and um, I feel like that there can be a way that these things um, express reflect the path we're living right now and then the beyond that, that even beyond that we have this space. Um, you and I had been planting the seeds, so to speak all week for this interview. And then it culminated in plant synchronicity. And yes, so we've come to the end of this segment. We'll continue next. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Helen Marlowe, who is the author of synchronicity and psychotherapy. How would your life change if you could develop the business and personal skills that you need in order to make more money? Do you want to learn how to achieve your big life goals faster? Then go to findhiddenmoney.com and get the Goal For It online course. The course teaches you how you can set and achieve your biggest goals while completely overcoming the roadblocks to your goals so that you can realize your dreams and imagine more success. Go to findhiddenmoney.com. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar's sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide audience if you have seen a ufo had a close encounter seen a ghost bigfoot lake monster 
or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hides can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're speaking with Helen Marlowe, and it just dawned on me, Helen, synchronicity and psychotherapy is such an important uh, idea, um, and I, I want to get that idea out to other therapists that they should be looking more for coincidences with their patients and around their patients. And I, I, we'll get back to that in, in a little bit, but let's, but let's connect that with... Um, what was going on with me and my own psychotherapy patient, an ex-patient, and you with your son. And what we were each doing as you were talking about it uh, was doing parallel things, older person, younger person, tending plants together. We were running a parallel course last Sunday um, mm-hmm. that, that, that we didn't know we were doing. You for the first time with your son, and you could get to it and get the plants, and he loved the plants. And uh, I don't get plants from patients very often. Um, and this was such an adorable one, and it was much so much like her, the patient, that I, I really appreciated her giving it to me. And I wanted to tend it because I wanted her to be able to keep evolving, even though our relationship had ended. Uh, and and she lives near you anyway. And a little south of Palo Alto's, which just makes it a little more fun anyway. Um, and and so, so this parallel between what you were doing and I was doing that day, and the it, it's just, it's striking. And we can call it spirit, and spirit covers a lot of different territory. It's, to, to me, rather ambiguous. So I like to draw lines and connections. So I think what we were doing was... Uh, connecting up for this show and had been connecting up in the past but this culminated in our uh, you thinking about the show with me on sunday while almost you were doing planting with your son and i was thinking about getting ready for the show too and there we were running parallel and then we could see that we were doing that together by being able to exchange plant pictures with each other yes Yes. 
and, and that I think we were creating uh, a tunnel between our minds and hearts, Helen. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, it, and it's funny how it happens by living out, by living with spirit and living in a spirited way, not necessarily by consciously saying, I am creating this with Bernie right now. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it works better if you're not thinking about it sometimes anyway. Yes. You, uh, you, you, it, it, the, it, it is, it's unconscious communication uh, as you, as you describe in your synchronicity and psychotherapy book, we are, we are doing this subconsciously. Uh, audience members, please keep in mind that, that what we think of as our conscious mind is just a little bit of what's actually going on in our minds. We can't be aware of everything in there. And sometimes we're just doing things kind of automatically, or here's the key phrase, because I felt like it. It, fe it felt like I wanted to do it or impulsively wanted to do it. Not bad impulse, learning to trust your intuition to go here versus there without knowing why makes things happen. Absolutely. And here we were connecting without knowing it. And I think that happens a lot, but we were able to find out that we were connecting. We brought it to our own consciousness. Isn't that what you do with your patients, Helen? Ab absolutely. Um, you know, I think I shared with you another, uh, example if you'd like me to speak about it now please do please do because we're talking about beckoning reflection hope faith and action during the time of the coronavirus we're talking about corona coincidences well and and you know for for my patient when who said the i can't breathe being able to help her really think about what that meant and um, and apply it and use it to make changes to her personal life her professional life the life of her company that's what she's doing now. We pushed her over to be able to do that. And you know, similarly, in a session I had with someone who um, has worked very closely with a lot of these issues of racial um, rela racial relations, social justice, um, she's worked in an organization that her heart, that she's very drawn to on a heart level, but has been a very destructive atmosphere. And um, she was talking to me in the midst of all of of the coronavirus and what is happening racially um, through the recent murders and um, feeling very even more conflicted about leaving even though it's been quite an abusive situation. So she can hardly let herself think outside of that because she feels like you know, sh this should be what she's doing with her life. Um, and in a session, um, I had encouraged her um, we could finally talk about her desire to do something else. And I said, well, what could you, what else could you imagine doing? And um, that was almost a heretical question for her, but I pushed her a bit more. And she was talking to me about how much she loves speaking with people. She had, she had um, considered going into the field of psychotherapy herself, but decided that was not right for her. And, um, but loves conversing with people, loves playing with ideas, loves narrating, loves writing. So we were talking about all of those things. And um, I had been using a, a, a telemedicine platform that was um, being irregular. So I, uh, the call had dropped last the, the week before. And so I turned on my phone, my iPhone, while I was also using um, this video platform in case um, our call had dropped, um, which I, it had done the week before. And um, the video worked. And so we were using that, but I forgot to turn off 
my iPhone um, alerts. And my iPhone dinged at that moment when I named this conflict for her about being able to imagine living into that life and not being in this sort of oppressive, abusive, um, at times, um, workplace that she has been in. And at that very moment, the iPhone dinged, and I got an alert from LinkedIn that was advertising a position for a conversation writer. And um, I, I just had to stop, and I, I shared it with her in the moment, and um, we just both started laughing so hard. And um, this idea of conversation and writing, which is exactly what we were speaking about, and, and could, she, could she think about integrating it uh, integrating her professional life in that way. Um, so the, the coincidence was that you were talking about conversational writing and then your iPhone dinged with a LinkedIn ad for a conversational writer. Yes, yes. Uh, it's a, it's a, I, I get a kick out of uh, intervening variables in uh, coincidences that you were an intervening variable. You were You made the difference. It couldn't have happened if you hadn't left your iPhone on. Right. Well, and I think when you said how to incorporate this more in, in, in psychotherapy, I mean, I think it's, it's all those things, right? Being able to be involved as an intervening variable, um, being able to listen for that, being able to see those parallels. <laughs> yeah, and that was an accidental, we'll say, uh, variable that, that you did. That, you did that accidentally to keep the iPhone on. You just yeah. forgot to turn it off. And that, that's, again, a subconscious thing. And, and I, I, I don't know, we can say it's just an accident, but I, I like to attribute the, our subconscious, subconscious to have more capacities than uh, we like to think we personally have. And so what, what made it happen that you didn't turn your iPhone off? Something made you not turn it off or something didn't remind you to turn it off? Uh, and and you didn't, but there it was, uh, allowing this coincidence to happen. Yes. Well, and I, I mean, just like you were tending your patient, I think, you know, when I think about why wouldn't I do that, um, the, the week before, you know, our connection virtually has, has been a little unsteady um, with this platform and the time of the day that I see her. I think more people are using um it at that time it makes it less reliable and so but regardless it's very disorienting to her our, our time means a lot to her um, and um, I know that from a heart place I wanted to make sure she hadn't missed any of her time with me um, because it, it it's, it's meaningful to both of us but it was very disorienting to her a couple of times when the, the video wouldn't work and so I think from a heart perspective I left my phone on so that I could be there to quickly call her and follow up should 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 anything go down virtually. So I, I wonder about that role, like you were mentioned about mentioning about it being a, a heart a spirit tunnel. Um, but really, in a way, leaving the iPhone on was not a sign of being disconnected or from her. It was more of a a way that um, my dedication to her, that that heart connection, that spirit connection was manifesting i feel yeah that's right i mean literally it was you wanting to ensure that the connection would be maintained with the minimal amount of problem and i i wonder you know if, if in a certain way and i think this was also true of how 
we had a coincidence this week, Bernie, around the show was was that heart connection that that our connection matters and connecting around this matters. And um, I had thrown around a couple of ideas for today's show, and it was later in the week after I had already written them up and written to you that that I came up with a different idea and we, we shaped things. So I think there's some sort of dedication we have. Um, you know, John Dewey, the psychologist, famous psychologist, said, we don't learn um, from experience. We learn by reflecting upon experience. <laughs> and I think there's so much truth in that. And so insofar as we have these experiences and get to reflect on them, then, then it changes the course of things. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. I hadn't, that's so true. We learn from reflecting on experience, not just having the experience. And we're, we're reflecting on this experience between you and me and reflecting on our experiences with our patients. And we're looking at trying to understand how they all happen. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We are talking with Helen Marlowe about Corona coincidences. abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again simultv.com simultv.com what's simultv.com that's what i asked them they had it written on the side of their ufo how do you spell that ufo no i mean simultv.com s-i-m-u-l-t-v.com s-i-m-u-l-t-v.com right S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a Simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, sonny boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. SIMULTV.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about SIMULTV.com. SIMULTV.com. In the mid-1990s, I was approached by a young woman who believed she'd been abducted by alien creatures. In conversations, I began a journey that took me not into the world of interstellar travel, but back through time into past lives. Under hypnotic regression administered by a professional rather than describing abduction, Jenny, as she is called, begins to tell a tale of horror in 19th century London. Her unbelievable past life seems to connect with Jack the Ripper and other monsters of the past. Throughout the session, Jenny provides a rich detail of her past life lives that links some of the most horrific killers in history to one another. Using the resources of a university library in the pre-internet day, I was able to verify some of Jenny's claims. She has knowledge that wasn't readily available to a suburban housewife. Does this prove the reality of her tales? Conversations attempts to answer that and other provocative questions. Conversations is available at Amazon.com. Mission Evolution is dedicated to the well-being of the planet and animals, as well as the evolution of humankind. One major factor threatening all three is increasing toxicity. Heavy metals and other environmental toxins are poisoning our bodies, deteriorating our brains, blocking our spiritual connection, and shortening our lives. 
yet these poisons are extremely difficult to remove. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, and I recently became aware of a product created from the marriage of nature and nanotechnology called Vitality. It's formulated from zoolite, whose crystalline structure binds toxins, gently carrying them out of the body. The light is only as clear as the window through which it shines. Clear your body, shine your light into the world. Visit VitalityHappens.com for a 20% discount. Enter code PATHHOME. Welcome back to CC with BB. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We are talking with Helen Marlowe about psychotherapy and COVID-19 synchronicities and synchronicities in general and archetypes we're going to be playing around with and have been for a while indirectly and connections among and between people. Helen, um, what, what do you make out of the, these coincidences with your two patients during this time? You know, I think they are um, they are experiencing both what's happening in their own life as well as what's happening in the collective. And I think that there's ways that they are shaped by that. And I think part of our work is 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 also to encourage those connections. So it, it's kind of a both and. So I think it's a way of of allowing them to individuate, and they're they're like. Um, like we said, beck- these coincidences beckon people to um, reflect more, to make choices around out of that reflection, to um, have also provide a sense of hope and faith in a time which has been dark. Um, so I think those would be some things that come to my mind. And yeah. I think another thing that, you know, a, a funny word that is in Jungian psychology is the, the enantiodromia. Um, and by enantiodromia, Jung talked about that as being. Uh, what emerges as the unconscious opposite in the in in the course of time, and so the enantiodromia is something that that whenever there's been an extreme or a one-sided tendency in consciousness, the idea of the enantiodromia is that eventually the other side is going to come out in full force, and so this one-sidedness, I can't help but think about that, and then how COVID is bringing up this whole other side of life and forcing so many of us to reevaluate our lives and to change our lives radically. And uh, so I think about that, that natural, that pull that's, uh, that nature has of having homeostasis and having more wholeness. So anytime one thing is too consciously emphasized, um, this idea of enantiodromia, the other side goes in the unconscious and eventually rises up. And I think that's some of what we're seeing with some of the impacts of, of what has happened with COVID as well as um, the racial uh, tensions and, and so forth. And, and I hope uh, we'll talk about the income inequality in all of this and its major impact on what's going on around us as well. Uh, one, of the, one of the key points to me that you're making, is not a point, it's a broad stroke thing, is the relationship of psyche and culture of mind to the bigger mind or what you mean by culture or what you saying by culture. When I think of the larger mind, I include culture, but I include more than that. And I think you do too, because uh, you're a Jungian, you include the collective unconscious. I think there's a, the collective consciousness. And I'm writing now about the, a collective self-observer mm. that the, 
the theory being a pretty model and pretty simple idea really when you think about it is if we have a collective unconscious our our own minds have us our own unconscious we have a collective consciousness our individual minds have our own consciousness of what's going around our individual minds also have our own self observers by which we are able to observe the contents of our own mind that is what you mean by reflecting upon experience as we are doing now so the idea of developing a collective self observer is new as far as i know to uh, modern and to any kind of thinking that i've run across somebody must have thought about it before and written about it i know that i get a kick out of new ideas somebody else has thought about it already or had thought about it already but what do you think about this idea of a collective self observer to add to your idea uh, your idea of psyche and mind psyche and culture i i love that i think i think you're articulating some of what i was I was trying to say with with both patients um, you know this idea that that you know we're looking at their life but this whole idea too of of being able to observe and look at what's happening in the collective for them to be looking at at who they are in the collective who others are in the collective we really need that when we talk about us all being interconnected you know you hear that a lot but what does that really mean and so i think your term is is really speaking about what has to happen for genuine interconnectedness and much more soulful and spirited connectedness interconnectedness uh, that's what it said yes uh, thanks for that because what i see needing to happen is is a collection of individual collective observers that we go, we gather together those people who are observing the culture and hopefully the, and the, the cultural mind the mind of humanity i i think of it as uh humankind as being uh an organism by uh, on its own made up of the cells of which each of us is a part and that this human organism has a mind and uh and in that mind is a collective unconscious collective conscious and this self observer and that some some as some parts of us the individual minds are collecting into a collective self observer from which to observe as much as possible not just the conscious mind but the unconscious one of this human creature of of human kind itself Well, yeah, absolutely, and and perhaps that's one thing COVID is allowing us. I mean, I think it's been fascinating to see how we can find interconnectedness in distance. You know, this whole idea that we we are doing it, we are all in forced distance and forced sheltered place, and yet how we are finding more and more connection with people. Many of your people are reporting that. Of course, we're also hearing many people report about loneliness. But um, you know, can we find life at this time in this time of death, for example? um I, i think those are things that corona is challenging us to do oh yes and and this idea is out there in the newspapers finally that we're all connected somehow the virus is showing us that it's been kind of known for a long time but it's no longer sufficient to say we're all connected we have to talk about how we're connected and how we can connect and i i can i think of this i I've offered a term psychosphere for our mental atmosphere and it's through this mental atmosphere that we make connections and those connections are based on heart mind uh energy between and among people and these these connections can wax and wane get stronger and weaker 
but we get to understand that they happen by just two people tending plants uh, with younger people uh, around the same time and seeing that they're both doing it. And we get to see how these two people have, at least for this time, some kind of growing connection with each other. And that connection is palpable. It's real. It can be defined. And I, I, if you have to believe that it can be in order to, for it to happen. Yes, absolutely. And when we we'll talk about making connections through the telepsychiatry thing that you and or telemedicine that you and I've been doing, is um, you have to believe that the what the person you're talking with, you can connect with in some other way other than sitting there in the room with them, yes. and and I can feel more connection with some of my patients through the what looks like a TV screen. Than I've ha than I sometimes can just sitting there with them live. It's a different kind of a connection, and it goes to me through the psychosphere, through a connection of heart and mind that isn't what we recognize as connecting. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, how do you how do you do that? How do you do connect with your patients through the through the TV screen, through the computer screen? Well, you know, people vary in whether they want that or the telephone. Um, and with, I probably have slightly more people that prefer the phone, which is interesting. Um, but everyone is, is really different around that. So I, 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 I feel like it, I feel like what's been important is to be able to bring the whole self that I would bring anyway when we're together. Um, that doesn't change even though I'm, I'm working out of my home. Um, you know, and I think being able to bring those same qualities, being able to bring that quality of spirit and heart, that it need not me be more distant that how do we find more creative ways to connect that that intention i think creates a shift in the energy field and and keeps it going uh, and yeah. so it's not been that much of a challenge it's that intention that matters and i'm i like to visualize mechanisms so i that's why i see heart mind connecting visually and auditorially but not in the same physical energetic space still it can happen through the psychosphere yes yes well and i think that's where maybe there's even more attention to some of the the less physical less tangible things when, when we have to rely on that um you know it might make us more attuned to those dimensions of the work even yeah yeah and it, you may be picking up stuff that you wouldn't pick up sitting there in the room with somebody. Yeah. Well, part of, well, we have about a minute left, and part of what I want to convey to our listeners is that you have to believe in the possibility of connecting with others in, other, in ways other than sitting in the same room with them. Uh, it's still wonderful to be in the presence of someone. I, I won't deny that. I like it when I can see some of my patients live still. And I see a few of them on my front porch outside. Um, but it's, it's still a way you can connect. You have to believe that you can connect heart and mind as I can with my grandchildren reading stories to them on the Internet. Uh, I can connect with them in a way that is different and still really lovely and intense. Well, when you really believe in the power of spirit and heart, that's not limited to physical uh, to being together physically, you know, and when you believe so much that that matters in a connection, um, I think there is some real 
um, beauty of being able to find interconnection with so much distance. <laughs> oh, thank you, Helen. Thank you very much. Thank you for helping with beckoning, reflecting, hoping, faith and action during this very difficult time. We've been talking with Helen Marlowe, author of Synchronicity and Psychotherapy. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD.